You are listening to the Senior Agent Podcast. This podcast is for insurance agents that are helping America's seniors with their financial choices. Here is your host, Christopher Westfall. Hey there, Chris Westfall coming to you from MedicareAgentTraining.com. Got a quick tip for you about MACRA and its interpretation after January 1, 2020. You know, MACRA was passed way back in 2015. We did a special on that on Medicare Agent Training in March of 2015, talking about what's involved with MACRA, what it affects, and all that. But there has been a lingering question now that everyone's focused on it happening January 1. What about a special class of people? Those are the people who are working past age 65. They're working for an employer plan that's over 20 lives, so their employer plan is now everything for their insurance, and they've delayed their entry into Medicare. So they did not start Part B yet because they've got the qualifying coverage at their employer, which they can choose to do. So at age whatever it is, 69, 70, now after 2020 begins, they're going to be coming off of their employer plan, and they're going to look toward a Medicare supplement. Can they get Plan F, which I don't think they should buy anyway, personal opinion, Can they get Plan F or not? Well, if you've recently received this, it's the Mutual Matters newsletter for Mutual of Omaha agents. It's got a really good breakdown um, about MACRA, and this is on page 14 of the guide. I want to go over that with you real quick, just because it talks about this very scenario. And as a matter of fact, I had a mutual rep with me riding my car at our last Charleston event, and we were talking about one of those small caveats, the unanswered questions about the interpretation of MACRA, and it was uh, left to that discussion to be pinned until AHIP looked at it and interpreted the MACRA law. I'll tell you about that in just a minute. So here's the scenario. Sandra is 67 or older, doesn't matter has continued to work past her full retirement age where she could have started Medicare. She's planning to retire in 2020, at which time she'll leave her employer's health plan and enroll for the first time in Part B. Now she's in her first initial election period, her open enrollment. Sandra's options are, because Sandra turns 65 prior to January 1, 2020 cutoff, she is still able to purchase Plan C, Plan F, or High Deductible Plan F. She also can purchase any of the other Medicare supplement plans available in her area. So because she turned 65, she could have been eligible for Medicare. She opted not to, but just because she opted not to did not mean she was eligible, not eligible for Medicare. So she can. So even if a person is like 79 years old and they've been working the whole time since 65, if they want to start Medicare or Part B, they can, if they wanted to, get a Plan F or Plan C or High Deductible Plan F. But here's a unique one. Meet Bob. Bob turned 65 on January 1, 2020. I know it's unique, but it's kind of interesting, which makes his Medicare eligibility date what? If he's on the first of the month, then it's the month prior. So Bob's options are the macro provision states that an individual must be 65 prior to January 1. Since Bob's birthday is January 1, he's considered to be new to Medicare at that point and he would not be able to purchase Plan C, Plan F, or High Deductible Plan F. So that's kind of unique, weird thing there. If you're born on New Year's Day 2020, can you or can you not buy a Plan F even if you wanted to? The answer is, the interpretation, no, you can't. Even though your Medicare start date is a month prior, your date of birth is what dictates this. So the date of birth is after midnight on January 1, 2020. You cannot buy Plan C, Plan F, or High Deductible Plan F at any time. There's a <clears throat> there's a part in this which I take a little bit of issue with, and I'll just go over it with you. Common misperceptions about macro. This is just one man's opinion. Don't take it for gospel. 
It says in here uh, rates for Plan F are not going to skyrocket. That's the headline. Uh, we have no reason to believe that this will happen. That's Plan F rates skyrocketing. We know some agents are encouraging their current Plan F policyholders to switch plans before MACRA takes effect. That's causing undue fear in the industry. We never want to cause fear in the industry. As a matter of fact, uh, way back when MACRA was first passed, um, two departments of insurance, and I listed them and actually showed the letter on MedicareAgentTraining.com, that was North Carolina and Idaho departments of insurance, specifically wrote a letter to all agents, non-resident and resident agents in their states, saying that the agents had better not use fear tactics for marketing to get people to give up their existing plans, and agents never should. What we've done in here is we've educated our clients about what's going to happen after MACRA. What's going to happen anytime there's a closed block of business? That's when a company can no longer sell that line anymore, that brand anymore, or that plan anymore. Anytime there's a closed book of business, no new people can come into that. Those new people could have been people who are um, gone through underwriting or brand new to Medicare, traditionally 65 years old. So we want new people in a block of business. We want that healthier group of people. So we want the underwritten people, the best, that's the best, the lowest loss ratio for the insurance company. And then we want the other people. So the theory is, would you think then, if the industry is telling everyone that Plan F is not available anymore for people new to Medicare, if you're over 65, the reality is you can continue to purchase Plan F if you want to. You can go from one Plan F to another. You can go from Plan G to Plan F. If you're over 65 as of January 1, 2020, the only caveat is you have to qualify with health underwriting. Also on Medicare agent training, when I talk about macro specifically, I showed the, the brief snippet from the Medicare supplement convention where an actuary says that there will be a different, this was a theory back then, it's actually possibly going to be true now, a different block of business for the old block and then a new block which is going to be sold after January and the companies are scrambling to do those right now which is going to rely heavily on an underwritten block of business for those people going forward. So if you have, let's say, a traditional mix of 30% of your people on a Medicare supplement block are underwritten at this, at this moment. A lot of them are uh, brand new to Medicare. You can't do anything about that. Some are guarantee issue. You can't do anything about that on the Plan F people. But the people are like 30% going through the health uh, qualification period. If that goes much, much higher which it's anticipated it may do on Plan F, then that could offset or, in some opinions, negate the um, rising cost of claims for an aging population that sometimes can't go elsewhere. If they're in bad health, they can't leave that block to go somewhere else, and um, people can't get into that block uh, turning 65 anymore, so that takes that away. So which one is going to weigh out? Uh, According to this opinion by Mutual, It says, we don't anticipate these blocks to perform differently than any other, and here it is, closed block of business, than any other closed block of business. Well, it's the closed block of business. Um, If it performs traditionally, I'm just watching a police motorcycle go by. Sorry, my window. That's what happens when you have access to look out the window. See, looking at the interstate out there. Sorry. Squirrel. Um, So it's the closed block of business that's precisely my point. But the quote is, we don't anticipate these blocks to perform differently than any other closed block of business. Now, we, we just saw a 15% rate increase on a closed block of business in Texas because it's a closed block of business. And that's exactly my point. And that was even on Plan G, which predominantly has fared far better than Plan F in any market. And we're seeing 15% on Plan G in a market 
um, solely because it's a closed block. It's the closed block, then, that's the concern. It's not merely the plan letter. So anyway, so concerns, it goes on, about extreme rate increases are unfounded. Well, take that for what it's worth. My opinion is there is a better solution than putting someone on an all-inclusive uh, plan, especially when we've seen historically, even pre-MACRA, um, post-Medicare modernization, that is the period between 2010 and 2015, or 2010 to 2020 when MACRA fully takes effect, we've seen Plan F rates kind of skyrocket anyway. And um, that's because people want you know their cake and eat it too and to pay no deductible, even though they're paying it anyway because it's embedded within the premium. And sometimes that's failed to communicate to the people. When agents, and I've heard them, listen, I've heard them years after years telling people, just get Plan F, it's easy. It's easy. It's the best plan out there. You can get this plan and you don't have to worry about anything. Well, that comes back to bite you. Sometimes easy is not the best thing out there. Anyway, this solves a couple of those scenarios. If someone, someone uh, surpasses the age of 65, they're past 65 as of Macro's implementation date, and they have not yet started Part B. The fact that they started uh, their 65th journey going forward means that they would have been eligible for Medicare pre-MACRA, and so they can reserve the right to purchase Plan C, which is not commonly sold, Plan F, or High Deductible Plan F. Those will remain options. We're going to have two different blocks of people out there. We're going to have the pre-MACRA folks, which can always go into Plan F if they wanted to, and in some states, that's a, still a good option. You know, like in California, uh, some parts of Florida, when there's a, a price deviation between Plan F, G, and N that's very, very slight for whatever reason, even New York, and look, looking at the high deductible plan, if it may remain a viable option, we have to look at that as always on a case-by-case -case basis, and we can't always say blanket, this is the best plan for everyone. I think it's funny that it was in uh, 2010 after Plan G became on parity with Plan F, and that is that Plan G before had only 80% coverage for excess charges. After uh, Medicare modernization, it went to 100%, just like Plan F. I was all in on Plan G. We started to see the rate deviation and Plan F go up and Plan G remain stagnant. And it's just now that, you know, we've left that 16 months ago as of today. And just now, a lot of the agents who are always gung-ho on Plan F are just now coming in to say, you need to get on Plan G. It's the best thing in the world. I will remind you that Plan G will have a guarantee issue component to it, which is going to affect that as well starting January 1, 2020. So the new people that are eligible for Medicare after January 1, 2020, when they're exposed to a guarantee issue, not open enrollment, guarantee issue opportunity, that is that they've lost their coverage elsewhere, they're having a significant event, a special election period due to loss of other coverage. Let's say they're on a Medicare Advantage plan and that plan leaves the area, which very often happens, and they're lost without coverage. Suddenly those people can get Plan G, the guarantee issue version. Now, what will that do to the Plan G crowd as a whole because they now have to start absorbing those guarantee issue people? There's a lot more on this over at MedicareAgentTraining.com. My name is Chris Westfall. Thanks for watching. And as always, make sure you subscribe to keep up to date on what's happening with MACRA and all the changes coming with Medicare. Take care. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Senior Agent Podcast. For more information and other episodes, visit SeniorAgentPodcast.com.